Welcome to Thumcast now with plus one awkward silences and minus two professionalism because this is take two of the introduction. <laughs> well, <laughs> the reason we have higher agility is because we're all doing the Thieves Guild and uh, Assassin's Guild quest. <laughs> so we're, we're leveling those yep. up, and except for me who's been avoiding pickpocket the entire game. So I, I got to one point where I was trying to pick somebody's pocket and it took me four tries to notice, oh, it's saying zero percent chance. You might not want to try it when it's zero percent. Yeah, that's when I gave up on that, went back to the Thieves Guild and said, sorry, not doing that job. <laughs> uh, it was a job to do pickpocketing. Uh, it's it's one of Delvin's. You know, if you go to the Delvin, you get a variety of jobs. And you go to Vex, you get a variety of jobs. And you know, one of them for Delvin is what he calls the fishing jobs, which is pickpocketing. I haven't leveled pickpocketing up at all in the, this game, so it's stuck down in twenty something because of the Delvin Mallory. Yeah. The one British guy in all of Tamriel. <laughs> How he got there? <laughs> Who knows? Went through a magic portal. <laughs> Well, you Found know, himself in a life of crime in a medieval fantasy setting. Either that or else that's what happens to you when you're running in both the Assassin's Guild and the Thieves Guild. Maybe you become British. Well, he wasn't in the Assassin's Guild. It's group. Doctor Who. It's uh, Doctor Who. Maybe he got left by Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, quick look for a TARDIS. So we were going to talk about the uh, Facebook group today. I hate Facebook, but this is the very first time in the existence of Facebook and me using Facebook that I have liked it. Uh, and that is... Our wonderful Zoomcast group. So this is all everybody who listens to the show and subscribes to to that. Uh, I mean, we approve people on there, but it's it's you guys. It's not it's not us. So it's cool. I, I really like it. And um, we're basically going to do an episode where we're going to just regurgitate everything you've already said on there for people who aren't in there. Yeah. Now, one of the top things that I see right at the top of my list here. Shouldn't we start at the bottom? Oh, you want to start at the bottom. You're going to go in order. You're just going to be all traditional on us, aren't you? Well, you know, it was sort of like that last episode where we were trying to talk about the plot of the Dark Brotherhood and you kept jumping all around the place because you were too excited. Yeah, keep in mind that the bottom is kind of an interesting thing because I keep scrolling to the bottom and it gives me more. So you want to tell me where we are going to consider bottom? There is actually a bottom, but uh, there's a lot of that's just like us adding people until the conversations actually start. And I think the first conversation here is about a nasty glitch. Actually, it was you. Oh, you mean the quest, the quest about... glitch I talked about? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one I bailed on a character over. Oh, really? You, you threw a character away? Well, I, I, I kept the save. I kept one save from that character and started a new one. That's where I'm now playing the guy doing the bow. I had a mage, level 28, and I, that's the one where I glitched the main quest because if you do if you try if you have jagged crown open at the same time as season unending it just glitches out now if you're on the pc you can deal with this by issuing a console command if you're on the xbox you're just sol i remember that yeah okay so look uh i'm just gonna do first names we'll just do first names if you're on the facebook group you can see full names anyway but first names logan said he ran into some glitches on the daedric quest from dawnstar and another quest um, where the old wizard goes with the tower to kill a bunch of spiders, and then they went in, and then the wizard just disappeared on him. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that kind of thing where people have just up and disappeared. I could have sworn there was a conjurer in a game. I was playing this afternoon. I don't remember what dungeon it was in, but there was a conjurer throwing ice spells at me, and I could have sworn I didn't kill him with an arrow, and I never did find a body. As far as I can tell, maybe he went into a wall. This kind of thing happens. It does. I mean, it's a Bethesda game, right? Yeah. So, and then the other comment was from Colin, 
he had this quest to kill an ice wraith that he never did. Uh, and he never bothered to do it until he had to do the truce between Ulfric and Talia's. That's the one I ran into. That's the same glitch. If you take that quest, but then you don't the do the ice wraith, yeah, thing? that's that's the that's the jagged that's the beginning of jagged crown. If you leave, if you accept that quest and then leave it hanging, which is exactly oh, yeah. what I did, and then you go back to it when season on ending comes up, you glitch out. And, you know, my daughter asked me at that point, why didn't you just go back and save? And I was like, well, because I accepted the first quest like 15 levels ago. Yeah, I remember this. Uh, it's been a while since I did that side of the Civil War. You don't, you don't do a kind of a proving quest when you join the Legion, at least not like that. Yeah, they don't, they don't send you out to do. die with ice rates now. Ice rates aren't... St- it's like it sends you out to die with ice race. I mean, come on, they're not that Well, tough. if you're low level, they can be tough because they're hard to hit. It depends on what your skill set is. But, yeah, they can be a pain in the neck at low levels. And they kill your horses. Well, everything Sometimes. kills your horse. Everything kills your horse in Skyrim. You know what kills the horse the worst? Cliffs. Yep. <laughs> but every time I've accidentally jumped off a cliff. <laughs> and the horse is like, <laughs> Yeah, I've never actually killed one that way, although I've made horses very angry going off cliffs. Uh, you want to take this one, Austin, by Frank? Um, I assume you've got Facebook. I'm, I uh, lost the page for a second, so. You know it's just on the internet. You can go back to the internet. <laughs> I know. I'm, I have to reload all the posts. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that, you know, when people say we're not professional, that this is what they're talking about. Cause well, I've got the page. I, I like to think dif- this is charm. The difficulty is keeping all of us in sync on the same part of the page because I've scrolled all the way down to the bottom where it says older posts. So if you want to get to the same point, you know, I've. You've got to keep going. This is November 22nd. You've got to keep scrolling down to November 22nd. Is it the, uh, the, um, the one with I'll the bar? Since, since you guys are here. Frank writes, I had the most epic battle last night I wanted to share. I was cruising, minding my own business, across the White Run Tundra, when suddenly a bear began charging. I drew my weapon and prepared for the attack, but the bear just ran past me. Confused, I turned to see the bear was sprinting towards a dragon, fighting a giant. The freaking bear was attacking the dragon. So there we were, the giant, the bear, myself, fighting together to slay a dragon. Totally epic. Yeah, I do remember that that now, and I've had similar things happen to me numerous times. I was in a thing this afternoon where two snow bears attacked me, then a wolf came up, and while they were doing that, an elder dragon swooped in. Now, fortunately, I'm level 49, so at this point it was like yawn, 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 die, die, die. But at lower levels, that would have been kind of a problem. I had three dragons attack me the other day. It was very inconvenient. I was trying to do something, I can't remember what it was, and they just kept getting in the way. So Brian replied... Usually when that happens to me, the dragon eventually just gets back up in the air and the other creatures just attack me. <laughs> yes, that's definitely happened to me too. Numerous yep. times at low levels, I thought I was being helped by giants, only to find out that they were just irked by everybody being in their territory. They'd go and whack the dragon into oblivion, and then they decide I didn't need to be there either. Well, that's what uh, Baron Von Chickenpants replied. I have tag-teamed a dragon with a mammoth and a giant, but run... But my run and gun style just got me gored, <laughs> tenderized and barbecued. Well, yeah, it's at low levels you just can't. Yeah, I, I see that now. So I, I can't. At low levels you can't stand up. I finally went up against a giant today for some stupid Jarl quest where I'm wearing my dragon bone plate and I have the uh, mace that I got from Meruna, uh, not Meruna Stag, and he gives you the whichever one gives you a, 
gives you the uh, mace. I think that's from the the abandoned house in MacArth. The one that sucks souls out. I like that mace a lot. I've smithed it up. So, so, <laughs> so I went up against a giant with the mace and my dragon bone plate, and I was actually able to stand up to the blasted thing. Like, just stand there and hit it? Yeah, I just stood there and hit it, and it hit me, and I, they just bounced off my shield and armor. I mean, I didn't take much damage even. I've taken more damage from bandit chiefs, which is really disturbing. This is, this is interesting, because I, I, I just don't... I, I rarely ever have to use healing potions in the game anymore, just because of the sneaking archery. <laughs> I, I, I don't confront people, I just sneak. Well, yeah, but dead, the reason you know? I confronted people is, I'm trying to get the achievement to level 50. Now, here's the thing. If you keep using your bow once you've gotten up to like level 48, 49, and the bow is up at 100, you level really, really slowly because you're not getting any additional skill with the bow. Yeah, we talked about yeah, this. Now, I switched over to the one-handed weapon, and I started leveling again. Yep. That's why I'm doing it. It's not because it's easier. It's because I need the levels. Next Facebook post? Well, let's see which one you've got here. Uh, Sean Klima writes, just curious what system everyone will be playing on. PS3 for me, that, that generated a whole ton of them. I mean, I think most people are playing on consoles, but there seem to be a fair number here. Yeah, there are PC people, but I think most of the people in our group seem to be on either. Actually, there's a lot of PS3 people on here. Yeah, it's actually a pretty even spread. Surprised me. Actually, a lot of people seem to be playing on a console and PC. Yeah, that's well, that's me. I'm playing on both. But not just you, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, one for fun, one for mods. I mean, yeah, but you don't really see many people saying, I have it on 360, PS3, and PC. Well... It, they're either a 360 person or a PS3 person by the looks of it. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's a pretty steep investment for most people to have a PS3 and a 360. I don't know. I, I find it interesting how the 360 and the PS3 are struggling with memory, and at the same time... We get a patch on the PC to, to get the full 4 gigabyte access. Well, well yeah, that's because you know, I, look, I looked into this based on something somebody said in the Facebook group. I don't remember who, but the Xbox only has 512 megs of memory, and the PS3, it has 512, but it splits it in a weird way. So they effectively have 256. So you know, playing on the consoles is, to a large extent, like taking a 10-year trip back into history. Well, that's when they were made. So I, it's kind of impressive that they made this game actually run on that system as well as it does. So I, I guess that explains a lot of where the quote-unquote lag comes from, just, you know, pulling information in and out of memory constantly. Well, I noticed today, and I noticed the, this a couple times, I've come to the conclusion that either on the PC or the Xbox, when the game starts to lag, it's a really good idea to save at that point because in all likelihood you're going to have a crash very, very soon. <laughs> I always get lags when I quick save on the PC. It always lags for a second when I quick save. I never use quick save. Most of the time when you go between areas, that's you get a save then anyway, and that's yeah. usually enough. Sometimes there are a larger drafts. The only reason I use the quick save is because I'm recording videos with fraps, and fraps just... It, it's a horrible program. So, yeah. So I have to save very often. Take, take the next Facebook post. From Colin? Yeah. Yeah. So I was in a bar in Whiterun, and some guy named Sam challenges me to a drinking game. I can hold my liquor, so I agree. Next thing I know, I tr I trash some temple in Markarth, and I f 
take my wife's ring and give it to my fiance all without my knowledge. I go to meet my fiance and find out the place is a hive of evil mages. I slaughter them and have a portal appear next to me. All of this to find that Sam is a day trick having some fun. But now I can summon Demora servants so I'm good. Yeah, this was the the hangover quest. <laughs> That's a fun and quest. It was, it was great. Of all the like miniature side quests in this game, um, that that ranks up there. <laughs> and and the sanguine sanguine um, staff is pretty cool. Although, as I learned on the PC, do not summon a Dromora in a city to fight a dragon. Why not? Well, that was the one where I mentioned on a previous episode where I managed to get the companions fighting the uh, city guards in Whiterun. I, I don't uh, know okay. how that happened. I wasn't really paying that close attention to the side fights. I was fighting the dragon. And then I looked up, and Vilkas was fighting a city guard. <laughs> and, that, and then I couldn't join the companions because Vilkas kept flipping between hostile, not hostile. It was like the game didn't know what to do with it. So, yeah, don't summon them in populated areas because their notion of I smell fear seems to be pretty widespread. <laughs> Although I will say this. In a related Daedra thing... If you go back to Mayrunas Dagon's temple way up in the snowy wastelands, I was going up there today because it was relatively close to a standing stone I wanted to find for that achievement. And there were two more Dramora there. They, they respawn. I didn't think they'd respawn, but they do. Yeah, things do eventually yeah. respawn. That's where I lost my horses. They just jumped off that cliff when they saw them. <laughs> I kind of I wish they wouldn't respawn, but I, I wonder... If maybe this wasn't a game design choice because they were making it for console and PC. Because, you know, on console, you need to cycle the information through. Otherwise, you're going to have to save a lot of stuff to disk and use a lot of memory. It's not a big deal on PC, though. Now, now the next comment here is an interesting one where somebody brought up the thing about that on the PC, you can set hotkeys to the numbers 1 through 8 like in Oblivion. Now, I have to say, even though I know this and I've read this comment multiple times, I never (laughs) remember to do it. You kidding? I can't play the game without it. I never do it. I keep going back to the Q button. Well, that's the Q's button is where you actually set this thing. Right, anyway. but I just go. I switch that way. I never use the one. I never use those numbers. I just do it that way. Eh. <laughs> okay. I just don't remember it. I don't know. In the heat of battle, I panic and don't don't remember I can do that. Well, I'm pretty much switching between, I guess, my bow, a dagger, and some spells. For my current character, so and a couple of shouts as well. Um, so it's not like I have to remember much. Now, Michael, you want to take the next one? We'll skip past the comments on our episode three. You want to take the one from Logan? <laughs> yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, just we'll do the Cameron's post. Just finished school and the new Zoomcast. Can this day get any better? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, that's that's a good thank you. Yes. Uh, I know this may be thinking ahead uh, by a lot, but what province do you think or hope the next Elder Scrolls location will take place at? High Rock, Cyrodiil, Hammerfell, Skyrim again, Somerset Isle, Morrowind, Val- pretty much every... <laughs> I would love to go to elsewhere. That's where I would like to go. Uh, just because it, I feel like there's a, there's got to be a story behind the naming of elsewhere. Because, yes, it's elsewhere, but it really sounds like elsewhere... And you can almost just imagine someone asking a Khajiit where he's from, and the Khajiit saying, I am from elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And having that name stick, you know, it's a bit like the naming of Canada, where they ask the Indians, what's the name of this place? And they honestly responded, well, you know, this place is Canada. 
and the uh, the Europeans thought they meant the entire continent. <laughs> <laughs> so they called the whole place Canada. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. This is where I wish Mackie were on the podcast today because she's actually played most of these games. I haven't played. You know, I played a little bit of Oblivion, and I've played obviously lots of Skyrim. So I don't really have a whole lot of insight into the other stuff. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like it would be neat if they could go back to what was done in Daggerfall, and you could, if we had the entire continent. Well, that raises something that comes up further upstream in the Facebook group, where uh, I think it was Michael, one of the other Michaels who used to do the podcast with us sometimes on uh, Fallout New Vegas, mentioned that Daggerfall was a huge game in terms of territory and size. It was much bigger, apparently, than Skyrim. I think I asked my daughter about this. She said she read somewhere that it was... Uh, the map was effectively as big as Great Britain. Yeah. So that would be massive. I don't know if anybody and would it, do And it was something. all randomly generated, right. too. I don't know if anybody would do something like that again, but that would be pretty awesome well, to have a game that big. Well, I, it's, you know, they're trying to get more generated content, uh, you know, computer-generated content, procedurally-generated content, and then you mix in, like, main quests and whatnot. But if they could really you know, put that together for towns uh, and for geography and for quests. I, I think we're, we're seeing the absolute tiniest tip of the iceberg. I, I would say that the the Radiant Quest system in this game is not great. You know, it doesn't really live up to my expectations of what I thought it would be. Um, you know, I, I really expected a, a, a big, big library of quests that... Everybody who plays this game is going to end up with something different except for the main storylines. But it turns out there's only really a handful of these Radiant Quests and so few, in fact, that they're pretty much all documented on the wikis by now. Yeah, and the thing is is that this is, I think, like you said, the tip of the iceberg on this, where this is sort of the first generation where that's going to go. Eventually, I expect to see a game, maybe in this series, maybe in another one, where... Other than the main quest, and maybe even eventually with main quest, there will be so much variation that having a wiki for this stuff will be really, really hard. I think what they're trying to do is make it so the computer does more for them so that they don't have to spend as much time doing everything hand-by-hand, little detail here and there. Like with the Radiant Quest, that's all computer-generated. It's not really each one scripted specifically. Well, that's a, that's a nice sentiment, except it's completely wrong. Because <laughs> all of these Radiant Quests are scripted. They've just got variables that get slotted in randomly. But they're the same quest repeating most of the time. That's kind of my point, is that we need thousands and thousands of quest templates rather than, say, a hundred or, I, I don't know, there may even be less in this game. Right, we're at the baby step stage of this. What we're waiting for and what we were hoping for is where it goes. So if you imagine that they used a, a geography generator so that you know where the, where the snow is and where the fields are and where the rivers flow, there's a lot of people who have done that sort of generational content stuff before. Then you could randomly generate a full continent and then find ha- habitable locations to put big settlements versus little settlements. You know, you basically do distances from trees to rivers and set up a, a, you know, an economy system that way as to where people would settle and what, where things should go. And you could end up making something as big as Daggerfall if you could then enrich that with the quest content 
and make things look unique enough that you're not just going to the same old, same old every time, which was one of the problems with Daggerfall. Now, that actually reminds me of one other thing that I wish they had done in this game that they didn't, and that is, since this is Scandinavian-themed, and since you're presumably way up in the north, since as soon as you go to the northern half of the map, it's snowing all the time, what would be nice is if, as the seasons transitioned, you had the part of the year where it was daylight all the time, and the part of the year where it was night all the time, instead of having every day be split the way it is. But you're not that north, because remember where the, the humans come from is more north than the tip of Skyrim. Well, but further north must just be a wasteland at this point in time, though, because, I mean, you're far enough north you have the Aurora Borealis. Right. So you're far enough north that you should be seeing longer and shorter days, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that, they, they do have the cool multiple moon phases thing. Right, I just wish that they had done something with that. I mean, it's not a big thing, it's just something that I wish they had done. Yeah, I feel like the game we're describing here, the, the 2012 version of Daggerfall, is not a game that Bethesda intends to ever make. You know, you look at the progression of where they've been to where they're going with Fallout, now Skyrim, they're definitely building... I guess a much more structured, much much richer, handcrafted environments that that are very memorable, and to to go in the direction of generating something that is memorable on an individual scale, like everyone gets something memorable, uh, that would be a pretty massive accomplishment, and that's it's clearly not where they're putting their time. Now, if you want to go to the next comment, the next one in the Facebook group, I remember reading this the first time. It's hilarious, from Baron von Chicken Pants. I may not have liked the poet warrior that talked like the Swedish chef, but damn it, Skyrim, he was my only companion. He deserved to go out better than he did, clipping through the floor of a mountain cave in the middle of a fight with a giant spider. <laughs> I had an, a companion do that. I wonder if it's the same spider. This was in Macarth. There's a quest where you're, you're asked to go and kill the spider that's stopping them doing their yeah, excavations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went there, and by the time I left that place, my companion was just gone. I've got no idea where she went. And she never showed back up by teleporting in after pathing her way back to you, just disappeared? No, just, just gone, gone. I didn't see her die, there was no body anywhere, wasn't back at home, wasn't anywhere, just, just gone. So maybe there's actually a glitch in that dungeon. I went through that without a companion, so I didn't see it, but maybe there's just a companion glitch in that dungeon. <laughs> you could always spawn them again. Well, I had to do a, a console trick to basically uncompanion them so that I could get another companion. Anyway... Moving on. Austin, next one? Um, from Andrew. Just listened to the latest podcast. As always, good stuff again. I found your conversation about destruction, magic, and archery being a little underpowered as you level up. Very interesting. I think a part of that was done intentionally to make you focus on at least some sort of crafting. For destruction, seemingly not doing enough damage, you may need to enchant some things with fortified destruction or fortified destruction potions to constantly disseminate common bandits. And with archery, I've with archery, I've always been able to put my damage through the roof with a combination of three crafting skills. I can now make legendary elven bows wear enchanted clothing nearing 200% increase in archery damage, and if I really need to drink a potion for additional 100% anyways. Just thought that was interesting. You guys were talking about the balance as with your level progression, and I think it was intended for some crafting skills to be 
an almost necessary part of your character's development with the high levels. Again, love the podcast and keep them coming. What's more, with enthusiasm. <laughs> but I think I do have to agree with the thing about crafting. I think that's exactly right. They either in t- either implicitly or explicitly, they expect you to do crafting of some kind, either smithing or alchemy or enchanting, because you really, really need that to, to get anywhere. Even even with the warrior characters, you really want your armor to be fortified and smithed up. And certainly yeah. with the mages, you have to do something, because... As I think you and I both figured out, Michael, if you're wearing the Archmage robes, because those are pretty good for restoring Magicka, you don't have any damage protection. So you want to do something with necklaces or something else that gives you some level of protection. Yeah, I, I, would, I would definitely agree that if you go full vertical on a constellation, uh, it is not balanced for you. But if you spread out into the crafting or blacksmithing or enchanting or alchemy, um, in in those directions, as well as pursuing some vertical in combat, whether that's one-handed, two-handed archery or destruction, then you're going to have a much stronger character by the time you get to level 30 or 40 and you can slog up to level 50 and things don't get ridiculously powerful against you. But, but yeah, if you focus on truly completing... I, I think we talked about this once before... If you focus on completing on a constellation, the reward for doing so is not enough. Yeah. So you end up being out of balance. Well, I think the problem here is that, at least with my first playthrough, even though it's not set up this way, I still was kind of thinking of my character as a mage, not as someone who specialized across the board. So I was playing them pretty much as a mage, whereas the playthrough I'm doing now, I I have a warrior, but you know he's got sneak at 99, and he's got alchemy up around 60. And enchanting up around 60. So, you know, I've been specializing across the board in order to make things really cool. So, I mean, my bow, the thing that I'm really death with, I have archery at 100, but at the same time, I enchanted the crap out of that bow. So it does massive damage. Yeah, actually, this kind of goes into the next one with Colin talking about anyone mastering conjuration. It's borderline OP. Ah, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> if you can, if you can summon Sanguine plus two other Daedra from your Conjuring, plus you have a companion, plus you can call in a, a very. If you if you've done Dark Brotherhood, then you can use the power to call in an assassin, then use the shout to call in a hero. <laughs> yeah. how, how and you can also have a dog with you and a horse. How many people are you bringing into this fight at that point? It, it, it's pretty massive. You have, you have to pity the poor bandits you did that to. <laughs> And and uh, I, yeah, I, I kind of very much enjoy that. You do have to wait for the cooldown, but when it comes to the big fights, it's it's fun to do that and just have this <laughs> one guy walks in and bam, there's a massive army there. Although even without conjuration, if you've leveled archery up high enough and you have a good bow, I swear you can be literally like Legolas out of uh, Lord of the Rings. You just stand there and bam, 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 and they all go down. There are some yeah. skills that are just really, really powerful. I ran into someone the other day, we were talking about Skyrim, and he was all grumpy, he was like, I'm not going to play Skyrim, and I said, why not? And I expected him to say something like, oh, it's a stupid fantasy game. Instead, he comes back and says, I can't make my own spells. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there will be a mod for that at some point. Oh, guaranteed. I'm sure there's more than one person that uh, misses the ability to craft your own spells. Okay, next one. James, you want to get Let's this? Let's see. Donnie says, hey, guys, how are all of my fellow mages faring without the spellmaking altar, which is exactly what you're talking about here. Also, what's the hardest enemy you fought so far? 
And, you know, interestingly, he says the caller, which I, that, that's a really simple thing. And, you know, somebody says here the Draugr Lord, but it depends. Early in the game, the Draugr Death Lords gave me a lot of trouble. But, you know, with my level 49 character, I, if, if I take my bow out, they, they just don't stand a chance. If I take my one-handed weapon out, it's not that they stand a chance, but it does take some effort. Probably the hardest opponents I face, even at level 49, as stupid as this is going to sound, is the periodically the bandit chiefs are just really, really tough. And I don't know what this is. The ancient dragons, you know, unless they breathe fire, if they're breathing frost, they're, they're yawners, you know, as a Nord anyway. But for some reason, every so often you'll run across a bandit chief that just seems to have a bug up his ass and he's really hard to kill. I am. Um... <laughs> I gotta say, the caller, that was a really interesting one because it was clearly set up like an epic encounter and there was, it was scripted like the caller's like, don't you know who I am and you're gonna regret this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And it was like zap, zap, zap and she was dead. That was mine. I, I pretty much said mentally, not so much, I won't regret it. Yeah. It's like, I don't care who you are. Why? You're not even giving me a reason why I shouldn't kill you, are you? I want the books. Give me the books. It's just like, no, they're my books. This is the part where you beg for your life, and I might might show some pity on you. (laughs) Uh, In my current playthrough with Ridiculous Archery, um, the biggest, uh, toughest enemy is the skill bar, uh, the skill option, the difficulty option in the settings. (laughs) If I push (laughs) that up to the hardcore (laughs) mode, uh, I... (laughs) And and I don't kill them on that first strike, and they get close to me. It's it's one hit dead. Anything doesn't matter what it, it could be a bunny attacking me, and I'd be dead in one hit. <laughs> you, know, you know, speaking of bunnies, I, I don't know what this is. I I've had this happen to me twice now, where I forgot to change my shouts out. I intended to put an unrelenting force to throw things back, and instead I still had Dragon Rend selected. And on hitting Dragon Rend, I had a nearby goat and fox go hostile on me. So I, I thought my combat was over, couldn't fast travel somewhere, and then I noticed something's attacking me, and I turned around, and it's a goat. I'm like, are you kidding me? A goat. And then there was a fox nearby that was showing up as red. And I'm like, and the only thing I could trace it back to is they were in the path of the dragon rend and must have been torqued off by it. <laughs> Austin's got a nice little distraction for us for a moment here. Uh, and he's got a, a mod here called Whispered Spells. Using voice-activated commands, uh, it's a work in progress, but you use your mic to speak the spell to cast it. <laughs> so it's the Harry Potter mod. But the problem is, the only spell all of us know is Fusroda, and you know, to, we'd have to memorize all the others. <laughs> but no, it, it's, it's the regular spells like Flames, Oak Flesh, Bound Sword, Candlelight, Healing, Five Volt, Frost Bolt, etc., they're the names that you... I, this feels like it should have just been the Dragon Shouts. <laughs> Well, now they could do that for the Connect version of the game if they had one of those. Oh, the Connect version. <laughs> yeah, and you wave your arms around and you move your swords. Great. A lot of broken wrists after that came out, probably, if that ever comes out. Well, they had that Harry Potter game, and you actually did make motions in the air to cast spells, which is a terrible idea. Just terrible. <laughs> Moving on. If you move up, you get to Frank's comment. I'll skip by the, um, we're doing another episode. Although we did get some nice thanks from that too, you know, from people, uh, let's see, Donnie thanked us for having another episode back in November. And we get this, has anyone gotten into enchanting? I've noticed when enchanting a weapon, regardless of the soul gem I use. Hey, I think you've skipped too much. What have I skipped? (laughs) 
you missed a great conversation also by Frank. Oh, the cooking. About cooking. You're right. I, yeah. I, you know, my mouse betrayed me. All right. Anyone else think they could have done so much more with the cooking? It seems like all the cooking recipes pale in comparison to even the most rudimentary potion. They did an incredible job creating all the ingredients, but it doesn't seem like you're rewarded for cooking them. I probably would have spent more time cooking if the effects were more powerful. As it stands now, I think cooking is a waste of time. Now, I'm not sure I'd say it's a waste of time. If you cook, there are things you can cook where in a pinch, especially at low levels, when healing potions are a little harder to come by, you can get a lot of healing out of cooked meals. Yeah, actually, the, one of the patches changed something, and I imagine who's guest on this on this podcast uh, was telling me about it, and I tried it out myself. You can actually get for a limited period of time endless stamina or endless mana by cooking the right stuff and using it when you need to. Uh, the endless stamina, you know, it regenerates your stamina faster than you can spend it, so you can just sprint everywhere. You can <laughs> archery everything, and uh, it's it's fantastic. And I, I think. You know, this is my suspicion that something changed in one of the patches to, to do this because I had the same feeling back, let's say, November 25th. Let's just, let's just say that because I'm sure that was before the patch. I had the same feeling that the cooking was doing pretty much nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've, I didn't really pay any attention to cooking until, again, I was watching my daughter play, and she got into a combat where she didn't have a lot of health potions, and I watched her pull out the 50, you know, I don't know if it was 50, but she had like 15 or 20 apple cabbage stews in her inventory, and she just started wolfing them down, and then suddenly her health was all the way up. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. In Fallout New Vegas, you could play in hardcore mode where you had to drink and eat. And there's all these campfires everywhere and all these ingredients everywhere. It just sort of makes sense to need food. <laughs> yeah, but and the other thing is, if you want to have these things in your inventory, now they take up space, obviously, but you find the ingredients for things like the tomato stews and the apple, cabbage, uh, whatever they are, you know, the various things. You can find those ingredients everywhere. So if you want to stock up on this stuff, it's incredibly easy to do. Yeah, I guess the alchemy is the same. Yeah. And it would have been nice if alchemy and, and cooking had actually been combined. It would have been nice if you'd gotten some level of leveling out of this. Yeah, I think that might be where this comment's going, that if you've gotten some leveling bonus out of cooking, I don't know, maybe not much, but if there was some reward for it, that would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, at the bottom of this chat here, is talking about how the Kajik Caravan, um, they, I, my recent playthrough, I, everywhere I went, they weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I got out of sync with them, and they were just never where I was. The only time I've ever been able to purposely run across a Khajiit caravan was on one of the Thieves Guild quests, where the quest marker told me exactly where to go. Well, that's at the end, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Austin, why don't you take that enchanting one James just started with? Um, has anyone gotten into enchanting? I've noticed when enchanting a weapon, regardless of soul gems I use, the total damage is always the same. The only difference I see when using larger soul gems is the value. It seems unless you're going to sell the weapon, there's no point in using a larger gem. Anyone else notice this? Well, what it does is it gets you more uses of the charged power out of the weapon. Yeah, Donnie mentions that in the first comment. He says exactly that. Yeah. And you can choose how much power to give the thing with the slider up to the maximum the soul gem will allow uh, to. Who's not going to pick maximum? I don't know who would, but you, for some reason, if you have some different way of thinking, you can lessen it. I don't know why, but you could. Yeah, I don't know what 
what true advantage you get out of that that you couldn't I mean it's not like it's difficult to fill soul gems and get lots of soul gems right going to cave. Also also if you find any enchanted weapon, a cheap way of getting your enchanting skill up, especially at low levels, is to just keep refilling your weapons as you use them because that increases your enchanting skill. Oh, I spent a lot of my hundred thousand dollars on soul gems. Oh I I never really? I I've never... I've sold soul gems. I've had too many. I've never run out of soul gems. I've taken a storing the petty and lesser ones because I just... They take up too much weight in my inventory. I have more of them than I can shake a stick at. And I what have too I many empty just, ones. Oh, well, I, I keep those around because I have two things to suck souls out. I don't. <laughs> well, I think I do. It's somewhere buried in my house under my pounds and pounds of weapons. That is, that is definitely a good enchanting to add to most bows. I agree. That's what I did. I added that enchantment to my bow, and I've never regretted it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cheap way to increase your enchanting skill is to have something to suck souls out so that you, you know, you're always filling the souls that are empty, and then you use the souls to refill your weapon, and that your enchanting skill will just keep going up. I didn't realize that that, that added to the enchanting skill. Not the sucking out doesn't, but actually taking a soul gem and repowering a weapon... It does add to your enchanting skill. You'll see it going up. So you're better off using the lots of small ones instead of one big one to recharge your weapon. You know, I don't know. I didn't. I haven't paid enough attention to tell you that. But it works kind of the way lockpick does. You'll notice that at the bottom, as you're picking a lock, that your lockpicking skill is crawling up as you break picks or as you as you pick the lock. And it's the same kind of thing with enchanting. As you repower, if you pay very close attention, you'll notice that the enchanting skill is going up. Let's actually talk about that for a second. Doesn't it seem odd to you that you actually get a uh, skill when you fail at lockpicking? I know it's the like the, you know you learn from failure, but this is a game, <laughs> and you could essentially get to level one hundred lockpicking by never unlocking anything, just <laughs> failing over and over and over again. Well, it does make me feel better when I have the periodic lock that I for some reason have trouble with and throw twenty lockpicks down a toilet on, which has happened to me more than once. I remember there was one point in my first playthrough where I was actually running out of lockpicks, and I ended up having to buy some from a merchant somewhere. I can't remember where. I had that and, in uh, my recent playthrough. <laughs> I, I ran myself down to nine lockpicks. Now, fortunately, I was in the Thieves' Guild, so I just went back to headquarters and bought a crap load. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, in Oblivion, you could get free arrows by going to where the guards were practicing their archery. You could do that in the Thieves' Guild. Yeah, that's, what, that's I, how, why I have, like, 600 arrows. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I've been doing, too. It's like, hi, guys, just here to get some arrows. <laughs> Which reminds me of another conversation box. that I saw come up somewhere in the Facebook group in the past, and that is that there was somebody who was commenting that they wished you could smith arrows. And there is actually a mod. I, I've seen this out there. You, there's a mod for making arrows. But generally, after the first couple of levels, I didn't see the point. I think the guy I have running around now has almost 400 ancient Nord arrows, a couple of hundred, I don't know, steel arrows. I mean, it's like I never run short. Yeah. The only, the thing only time I ran short of the arrows is, was when I pumped the difficulty up to hardcore, and then then it just didn't matter what I did. The things just took too many shots, and I ended up running out of arrows. Yeah, the only thing that irritates me is the way the game decides to pick what arrows I should use. It seems to default to the crappy Falmer arrows. I'm, I'm thinking I should just sell them so that never happens. Austin, in the background, meanwhile, has found a mod that adds filling food and restful sleep, a hardcore mod. That's oh, pretty neat. So it's like the Fallout New Vegas mod. Well, that wasn't a mod. That was part right, of the Right, right. It's, it's a mod to make it more like Fallout New Vegas is what I meant. 
other than not regenerating, you will not die, faint, fall over, or explode if you do not eat or sleep. Other things will intoxicate you, more fun. You will have to use the bat no regen for new characters. Uh, when you fast travel, you most likely arrive without any regen. So it, it inflicts a, a loss of regeneration on you instead of dying from hunger. I don't know. I don't know. I would have thought, you know, hardcore's hardcore, and you should should die. Yeah, I, I never actually <laughs> played hardcore in Fallout New Vegas. It didn't seem that interesting to me. I did just for the achievement. <laughs> I did it when I did my peaceful run-through where I killed nothing, no animals, no people. Because uh, ammunition uh, is way something. And since I wasn't killing anything, I didn't need any. <laughs> so I was very rich. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a mod that makes caps weigh something, which would have given you a problem. Yeah, but I could have just stored that back home. It's not like you need to actually carry it all around. Yeah, that's true. So if you move up, we have a couple of nice things pointing out to various uh, music themes that have been put out by various people. If you go to the Facebook group and you follow the YouTube or uh, other links, there are various people out there who have done some really nice um, covers of the main theme and other Skyrim-related music. Yeah, and sheet music's put up there as well. Yeah. it's nice. Yeah, there's some really cool stuff out there. Yuri writes, uh, loving the podcast. I played on my iPod during work about an hour before I get to go home, just so I can get already get in a Skyrim state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I agree. Scott Dirk likes this. Scott has liked almost every single post I've seen on here so far. <laughs> <laughs> Now, here's an interesting one, if you go up one, where Andrew says, has anyone thought to try a merchant bard healer type character? I guess if you did that, that one lone woman out at, uh, at Winterhold would, at the, at the uh, college would uh, not feel so put out about restoration magic. She feels put out anyway. I, I learned everything I could off her. <laughs> okay. And uh, she's still put out. Yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about with the whole radiant stuff. Uh, you would kind of expect her attitude to change as people paid more attention to her work. But <laughs> yeah. now, now, speaking of Winterhold, has anybody else wanted to put an arrow in the head of the woman who keeps saying, I hope you've kept track of who's been most helpful in your time here, Archmage? I already, I did. <laughs> okay, I've just been tempted. Did, do you have to pay the 250 gold fine to 12 tier for that, or is it free? No, as long as you're hidden, it's free. <laughs> yeah, just stay hidden. <laughs> okay, I'll stay hidden and offer. She just ticks me off. Yeah, this this really doesn't. I, you know, this is a lot on par with the guy doing the passive playthrough, uh, and he's gotten further. By the way, it's done over 150 quests now without clearing. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, merchant bard healer. Yeah, I you know I had that spell that allowed you to heal other people, and they go, "Oh, that feels nice when you when you heal them," but. The NPCs can't tank. They they just can't. So No, and you know, it's interesting. I saw something, to, it was either today or yesterday. I read somewhere where I was reading something about Skyrim, and the point was made, oh, your, your companions will level up with you. And I'm like, no, maybe they supposedly do, but I went back to the companions at some point around level 38 to get a new follower so that I could get leveled up in one hand or block and, you know, take the money back, that kind of thing. And she was just dropping every five seconds. You know, if they level up with you, they don't level right. Yeah, and I think what I have done to get around this problem is when I do need a new follower because they're getting owned too easily, 
I'll buy another house because the house Carl will appear at that point and you won't have met them yet. So they'll be as strong as you. They'll be at whatever level you're at, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I still can't get that house in Wind, uh, Windhelm. I got glitched out of that. They keep uh, that one, that quest you said uh, glitched on you, Michael. Apparently it's glitched on me in my playthrough. They won't sell me that house. <laughs> that is the, easily the most glitched quest in the game. I, I think, you know, if we were going to do like a poll about what is the most glitched quest, that's easily it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, well, speaking of that house, you know, I, I talked about how there was a hole in the floor. That, that is, you fall out it and off the bottom of the map and then teleport back inside. Well, my house in Riften, in my current playthrough, has a hole in the wall that does that's pink, and I can walk through that out of the map. <laughs> I don't know what it is I'm doing, but it's getting holes in my house. Reality's falling apart. In one of the bar's basements, there was a big uh, chunk of the wall missing that you could do that too. Like they forgot to put a corner piece in. So there's yeah. just a big hole in the wall. Well, at least it doesn't wreck you, right? You you just you don't fall forever and or die. You just fall for a bit and then reappear in the room. Yeah, I know in Fallout, if you if there was a big hole in the map, you'd fall like a hundred feet into water, and land in water, <laughs> and you wouldn't die. Maybe if you fall through one of these, you end up in Morrowind. That'd be kind of a cool Easter egg. Yeah. All right. Well, moving up. Uh, let's see. Somebody, asked, Amy asks, love the podcast. Thank you for that. Just curious if anyone has found a use for linen cloth and if castor robes can be crafted. You know, Andrew mentions that yes, you can craft robes, but they never come out as well as the pre-made ones. I, I haven't done enough experimentation with that to know if that's accurate or not. But I don't think the linen cloth you find all over the Dragon Ruins has any use whatsoever. I, I don't. I haven't found anything that you use that for. It's not even it's not even valuable enough to sell. I think it's what worth one or two or maybe three gold. It's just weight that's valueless. I avoid those little itty bitty things that doesn't make any sense, like the embalming tools. Those are worthless too. Yeah, it's like in Fallout. There'd be these things you'd find everywhere, and you find these all over in, in Skyrim. And I guess it's completeness of the world kind of thing. You find buckets and irons and other things that you would never pick up because they just don't have any value. And you keep thinking, like that Penny Arcade uh, cartoon we linked to with the brooms, where you keep thinking, this thing must have some use, but there's just stuff in there that's for, you know, scenery. It's um, clutter. Like, that's classified as clutter stuff. It's to make it feel more real. Yeah, exactly. I'd hate to be the one in Bethesda doing that, though, because that's really tedious doing that. <laughs> I've tried doing that in mods of mine, and I've just given up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, Michael, you want to take the uh, one from Colin about conjuration? It just kind of verifies what we've been talking about. I'll, I'll do it. Um, so I mastered conjure last night, and I'm very OP when I come when it comes to damage. Anything on the ground, just summon two Demora Lords, and if there's a dragon, then two Storm Atrocians. The other side of this, I'm the glass cannon if i bear if a bear or bandit chief gets too close i'm dead still very fun yeah well that was definitely my experience playing a mage is that 
and and when I was playing my tough guy, there was a point where I was going through the Thieves Guild quest where I switched from the heavy armor to the light armor because I noticed that even with various effects, I could never get quiet enough, and I was just not stealthy enough in the heavy dragon plates. I switched over to light armor that I enchanted up, and suddenly that whole thing got easier. But, but like he says here, even though I could beat these things with my bow, a bear was pretty hard with light armor. It's just some of these things, if you're wearing light armor, you get a lot of experience in light armor because they keep pounding on you. But the experience often comes at the expense of getting dead because the light armor just doesn't hold up real well. You, if you're going to play in light armor, you have to have high stealth, I think. Yeah, and if you, if you have dragon armor, that's really, really nice. You can just go let giants hit you and you can level your heavy armor up like that. Oh yeah, I have I have a heavy armor skill of a hundred, and like I was saying uh, to Michael earlier, I I can stand toe to toe with a giant now, and the only reason I do that is to level my one handed up because I'm still trying to get the last little bit to level fifty for that achievement. So moving up from there, let's go to Baron von Chickenpants. Do you have a dog? I have a dog. Does your dog talk? Mine does. Oh, that's the Barbus <laughs> quest, the Tater quest. My dog also can't die. I watched my dog take a heap of ice bolts to the head and not miss a beat. He's the ultimate tank. When I first met my dog, he told me that a talking dog shouldn't be shocking considering all dragons and the fact that I'm a cat. All I could think was, hey, I evolved. You're just a vassal for a Daedric prince. Now, <laughs> the interesting thing about this is there's an exploit available here. If you take the quest and then you don't finish it, Barbus will follow you for the whole game. Well, that's not the only quest like that that you can get a huge advantage out of. Yeah, you can do that with the, uh, with the blades, Skeleton too. key. The you... skeleton key. Oh, okay. Did you keep that? Well, no, I haven't in this playthrough, but seriously, consider it, you know, because you never need a lockpick again. You can open any lock easily, <laughs> you know. Okay, because I just took that one back. But yeah, with the companions, there are various companions that will go along with you for a handful of quests that can become tanks because as long as you haven't finished their quest, they're unkillable. So, you know, like um, Delphine and Esburn and Barbus the dog... They're all unkillable as long as you haven't done their quest. Right, and they just kneel down, they regenerate some health, they jump up and they stuff funny. Right, right. So, you know, you, there's a huge exploit there if you want to take it, where you take them along, decide not to do that part of the quest, because like uh, the one with Delphine and Esburn, you could say, yeah, well, we'll all go together to, uh, I guess it's Karthspire, and then just don't go there. Oh, because if you split up with them, they'll go there and wait for right. you. But if you say, we'll go together, they... They become followers. They become followers, and you just decide, well, we'll go do these other 500 things first. It's on the way. So you get, you get a mage and a, 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 a blade maiden, essentially. Right. Well, think about this. If you take the guy you had where you were talking about the conjurer, who can now summon a couple of Atronachs, a, a, a Dramora, and a couple of other things, and you have these two guys plus a follower and a dog, <laughs> you could walk through the whole game with more or less your own private army. Well, you would have to eventually complete that quest to complete the game, but right. Yeah, but you could walk through massive parts of the game with a private army this way, and two of them could never die. Shouts! Who needs shouts? Shouts! Who needs shouts? What's uh? Well, I mean, if you're that early oh, in the game right, taking right. Esburn, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're never going to get any shouts. You sure? I I spent the longest part of this game not knowing how to run, so. <laughs> Well, okay, so you mentioned that, but which, which might be a good point, even though we're only a third of the way up, which this might be a good point to take things out. I'll mention this is a funny anecdote. A friend of mine who plays this on Steam, he asked me at a party we were at recently how to unlock dragon shouts. He'd killed like 20 or 30 dragons, and he'd never unlocked any of his shouts. 
And I yeah, it took me a while to figure that out he didn't, too. He didn't see. He, he had never read the text at the bottom. With the you know tells you what key to press. I guess it's R on the PC. He yeah. had all these souls, and he had all these shouts that were great, and he didn't know how to activate them. <laughs> yep. So, I think with that, we might uh, want to take it out. Okay. Well, if you've missed an episode, and actually, before we take it out, uh, we are in the new and notable section for Games and Hobbies on iTunes. Which we want to thank all of our listeners and the people who contribute so much on Facebook, and there are a ton more comments we didn't get to, but we love all of you. Yes, uh, we'll come back. We'll come back and do more Facebook for sure. Definitely. I mean, the next in in twenty twelve, <laughs> we'll be doing the thieves guild. We're going to talk about the thieves guild. It's a it's a pretty massive and interesting quest line, and it's also the last major side quest line that we get to talk about. Yes, I believe. Yep. So we'll be talking about that more Facebook, and by then, in theory, we'll have the Skyrim creation kit and. Possibly some discussion of DLC at that point as well. I can't believe they wouldn't start dropping hints about DLC at that point. It's going to start getting... Yeah, we should start getting at least hints. And once the creation kit comes out, I'm going to make a mod for the Thumecast. What kind of mod are you going to make? I don't know, maybe like a giant mansion or something. A giant mansion? (laughs) Where you can use Cicero as target practice or something. I don't know. Come on. Cicero is great. <laughs> we should take that mage who keeps asking if you've uh, kept track of who's been the most helpful. Use her as target practice. And the guy mm-hmm. from Whiterun that's preaching. <laughs> you got, so you basically just take all the annoying characters and put them in the mansion. <laughs> yeah, Why would you want to live there then? Well, only in like one room. Maybe in the dungeon where you can torture them and stuff. I saw a video of a guy who uh, did the William Tell Apple on the Head trick in the game. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one too, although I like the one better where he shoots the arrow straight up into the sky and it comes down and kills the annoying priest. Ah, yes, that's good. And I really enjoyed, I, I think we linked to this once before, but I enjoyed the 8-bit version of the <laughs> Skyrim trailer. I thought that was really cool. Okay, well, if you've missed an episode, you want to subscribe to the iTunes feed, join the Facebook group, the Steam group, or follow us on Twitter, you can find these links and more at www.jarober.com slash Thumcast, T-H-U-U-M-C-A-S-T. And also, I'm doing a YouTube Skyrim playthrough, which you can find under my name on the website. I think. If, if not, <laughs> he can send me the link and we'll link to it. If not, it will be. (laughs) We'll figure it out.